song in the night season and all the day long. Amen. Thank you, Brad Tony, and thanks again, Mr. Aaron. That was so kind of you. Amen. I, I'm so unworthy to, one, be a Christian, to be saved. I am absolutely unworthy. I'm unworthy to be partakers of the benefits. I'm unworthy to have eternal life. I'm unworthy to be considered heirs with the Father, the Son. That's, I'm unworthy. You guys realize I went to work today not I grouchy because my throat was sore and I didn't want to go to work today. I got frustrated a number of times at work today because I couldn't hear nothing and I get mad at really myself and I had to deal with a lot of issues today at work. Uh, I hit so many roadblocks on the way home. I was frustrated in the humidity trying to get home with the construction because I can't take the highway for about two-thirds of the way. I'm unworthy to be a Christian. I'm unworthy to be a pastor. We serve a good God. Amen. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going through the book of Galatians. And I think I say this all the time, but I I so enjoy the study. I've enjoyed it. I really have. And some days we get through a lot of verses, but tonight we're only going to really get one verse through. We're not going to get past... Galatians 5.1, I almost said Genesis. Galatians 5.1. I also realized, too, while um, oh, we're going to be in Galatians 5, Romans 8, and Hebrews 11, if you guys want to. We're going to be in those three sections of scriptures and toggling back and forth. Galatians 5, Romans 8, and Hebrews 11, if you want to jump over there. Galatians 5, Romans 8, and Hebrews 11. <coughs> I was realizing uh, just before I started praying and looking over my message a moment ago, you know, I, I better not, I better be careful what I say about the the, the beautiful media lady anymore, you know, I, you know, because somebody's going to come in one day and, and be like, oh, so that's your wife back there. I'm like, uh, no, that's uh, but Tony's wife. They just say, but you said, <laughs> so I better watch that. Amen. We know that the book of Galatians is written by Paul, right? He, it's, written, it's a letter written to all the churches in Galatia. We know that, right? But the main purpose of the letter of the book of Galatians is that we're not under the bondage of the law. And if there is one verse that could be taken out of this entire letter, and it's only six chapters, comparative, I mean, Nowadays, that's a long letter, I think, in the day and age which we live. But compared to all the other books of the Bible, this is, this is a, a small writing. And here we are in chapter 5 out of 6 chapters. And this one verse, if you, it's like the theme verse for the whole book. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Brother Raleigh, I probably won't hear you because I can't hear anybody, but would you pray for the message, brother?
Amen. Amen. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I went to bed a couple of nights ago pondering what it meant to, I mean, we know what it means to stand fast in general. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I do this when I'm reading sometimes, and when I'm trying to ponder something, just trying to meditate upon it, just soak upon it, trying to look at it from different perspectives. Because, right, we're all preconditioned to think things always. So I want to read it, ponder it, you know. I got to thinking about stand fast. Like, where'd that originate from? And I went, now, I, I, I read, I, I was reading this chapter over and over again at night on my phone. So there's no commentary, there's no um, um, concordance, there's nothing, I have no verses to check with, no dictionary. So I went to bed thinking, assuming that it, it, it derived, the, the origin was probably like literally standing up fast. You know, and I felt like that seemed right, you know, stand fast in the liberty. Like, here it is right now, we got the liberty right now, stand up. That is not the case. It kind of kind of goes, and I, I went to bed thinking that. The definition of stand fast is a rigid or unyielding position. It's not, it's not like, like I bet you would be like, stand fast, although that would be, that would work. But, but rather, but rather, hey, stand fast, don't move. This is, we have a liberty in Christ. We don't need to be under bondage no more. We're not under the flesh. That, and, and you say, Pastor, you've been preaching this for, for, for six weeks now. This is the book of Galatians, the liberty that we have in Christ. It's the entire book of Galatians. It's the whole message, the liberty that we have in Christ. We have an unwavering liberty in Christ. So, so Paul's saying, act like it. Stand fast. Stand fast is saying a rigid or, or unyielding position. That's how we need to take the liberty that we have in Christ. And what goes with that, without being said, although he says it multiple times, is basically quit adding to it. Stop. We started in chapter 1, and we're already on chapter 5. I can't believe it. But chapter 3 talks about Abraham. Uh, as an overview, just really quick, chapter 3 uh, talked about Abraham guilty under the law. Ch- also talked about chapter 3, uh, sinners guilty under the law. Chapter 3, uh, uh, Israel guilty under the law. Chapter 3 and uh, four talked about Christ being born under the law to redeem those who are under it. Chapter four talks about the promise of the law, showing how the law cannot change the promises. Amen to that. Chapter four talked about how Paul turned, Paul then turned, talking directly to the Galatians. The 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 the, the terminology went from just talking about liberty that we have, liberty that we have, being under law under Abraham, being under law under here, to talking directly in chapter four to the reader. We're the same as the reader, by the way. It's talking to us. Talk about the Galatians under the law, and the law, I should say. What's the main message about the law that Paul's getting across in this whole book? When he referenced Abraham and Israel, that we're no longer under it. I want us to keep in mind this, that there's, language here that we can get wrapped up in but I want to define a couple of things there's the law of the flesh and the law that God gave to his people the Levitical law or the Mosaic law whatever you want to call it that's the law that God gave to the people 
The law of the flesh and Levitical law. The law of the flesh. We're all born into it. Paul talked about it in chapter 4. Let's just jump over there real quick. Galatians 4, 3. He said, even so, when we were children, uh, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth the Son made of a woman, made under the law. He's made in the flesh, amen, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Paul emphasized it also in Romans chapter 8. Let's jump over to there. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. He said, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, this next part is so important. Now, if any man have uh, not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Guys, that's so important. Keep a finger in Romans 8 9, because we're going we're gonna to close this message with that verse. We're going to come back to that in a moment. It's really important that it says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we have the law of the flesh. We're all born into it. And we have the Levitical law, which is only given to a specific people at a specific time. I just realized we might lose power tonight. That'd be kind of fun. <clears throat> Amen. Oftentimes, in conversations with the brethren, <clears throat> this is so weird. <clears throat> I feel like I'm talking to a, a tunnel in my head. <clears throat> <clears throat> but so often you'll talk to the brethren, and, and there'll be this language of, before the cross, they were under the law. And were under grace after the cross, right? That's language that you'll hear. Um, look, it's always been under grace. Okay? God's people, the Jews, were under the law, Levitical law. We are all born under the law of flesh. Okay? Um, The idea that everyone is under the law, as in the, the, the Levitical law, it's just not true. It, it's just a misunderstanding. Um, let me start here. Who is the father of the Jewish nation? Abraham. Abraham. Do you know that Abraham, um, not only was he not under the Levitical law, he'd never heard of it, didn't know about it. That was like 400 plus years before him. Think about that. Noah was never under the Levitical law. The, the law wasn't given until 400 plus years after Abraham. To who? The Jewish people. Why did God give the Jewish people a law, specific laws? Because he wanted his seed to be pure. feel like I'm in a dream preaching, and this is all in my head. It's just, I'm telling you, it's so weird. I can't get over this. I'm trying to ignore it. One time I preached a message. I did one of these fancy things. Miss Michelle was there. It was in a big auditorium. I had to wear one of those microphones here. That's all I could think about was the microphone. Amen. 
If Abraham didn't even know that there was a Levitical law, well, there, there wasn't at his time at that time. That means that there was two, around 2,000 years prior to Abraham. So 2,000 years, basically, of no Levitical law given. What about those people? They didn't know anything about keeping the Sabbath. There was no Passover to keep at that point. There was no uh, 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 sacrifices in the same way uh, that, that, that was given the law by God. There's sacrifices, of course, but God told them directly, amen. By the way, just throwing this out there since we're going down that vein of thinking. Romans chapter 1, you talk about who, who, how do people know how to get saved if they've never heard the gospel? Romans 1 clears that up. Creation uh, tells every man about the gospel there, tells every man about God and they were without excuse. When Romans chapter 2 tells us that God wrote a moral law on every man. This goes right in with Romans chapter 1. Uh, Paul's telling the, 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 the reader, God's telling us through the scripture, saying, hey, uh, creation itself tells every man that there's a God. But also in chapter 2, read this, Romans chapter 2, verse 14. It says, for when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are law in themselves. Now look at this verse. Which shew the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. What does that mean? It means that we are all born with the moral law written upon our hearts. We know it's wrong to murder. We know that it's wrong to steal. We don't need a law to tell us that. You know what? The law never saved anybody. Ever. But sometimes there's people that think that there's there's this before the cross, somehow you had to be under this law for salvation. Never the case. The law was given just to the, 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 the Jews for a specific time. To the, 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 the seed of Abraham, the seed of David, to bring Jesus Christ. Let's get back to the Levitical law. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Amen to that. We know that. But now the righteousness of God. Look at this. Look at this. It's so important. But, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness. God doesn't need the law to show his righteousness. Amen. Uh, Romans 3.22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. I love that all. I love it. It's not, it's not, it's not hindered by a time frame, by a dispensation, or, or, or your age, or your talent, or your ability. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Look at this. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are what? Past. Through the forbearance of God. I'm so glad that the sacrifice, the, the lamb sacrifice, goes back all the way in the past. And all the way in the future. Amen to that. Jump to Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. 
<laughs> I, I, was, I was cross-referencing verses and, and, uh, and, 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 and looking through here, cross-referencing that, cross-referencing that, finding these verses. And I came across this verse, Galatians 2.16. I thought, that, I thought that is perfectly what we're talking about. And it wasn't until I copied and pasted it and it's looking over my notes, I realized, oh, that's, that's the book we're reading. That's, that's Galatians. <laughs> I couldn't, oh, I got a kick out of that. Galatians 2.16. He said, knowing this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Now, I just, I've, I've got I've to let that sink in that that's, we know that, but let's get that deep in our hearts. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by what? The faith of Jesus Christ. That's important. I'll show you why in a minute. Even, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of who? Uh, uh, Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Who is the law given to? Children of Israel. Right after they crossed the Red Sea. Who was the mouthpiece of, uh, uh, of, of God to his people at that time? It was Moses, right? He's like the, the, the prophet, the preacher of the time. <clears throat> so if anybody in all of history, I mean all of history, would have been, been under the law for salvation, it would have been Moses. Jump to Hebrews 11. This would be our last portion of Scripture Almost our last portion of scripture. I found another page. <laughs> Amen. We have this. We know Hebrews 11 is a hall of faith chapter, right? I mean, it's like by faith, Abraham, by faith, Rahab, by faith, Sarah, by faith, on and on, right? That's awesome. Did it ever say by the law, Abraham, by the law? Mo no, it's by faith, Moses, by faith, Abraham. Look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We know all that, but this is where I want to get to. Esteeming the reproach of who? Wait a minute. Receiving the reproach of who? I, I thought that was before the cross. We say, well, maybe the writer meant to put God. Well, that's interesting because he, he said in verse 25, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God. But then in verse 26 says, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You know, it would not have been possible for Moses to esteem the reproach of Christ. If he was not putting his trust in the fact that he was that he was uh, 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 that, that Christ was coming to save the world of their sins, it wouldn't be possible. Someone once told me that 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 we were talking about salvation, and this person particularly believed that you had to be under the the Mosaic law that was just given to the Jews for salvation, and only the Jews were could get saved, and nobody else in all the existing world. To get saved, only the Jews. That's just not true. The Bible doesn't say that. Uh, the, 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 the children of Israel, it's laid out, I believe, in Leviticus. Talking about, you know, if you, a Gentile comes in, 
they're not, they're not required to do all these circumcising things, and they're not required to keep all this and do all that. God put these restrictions on the Jews just for when? Just for this time to bring the seed through. God literally made a nation. He didn't make, he didn't say, you know what, I'm going to use the African-American people. I'm not going to use the white people. I'm not going to use the Asians. He literally created the Jews out of Abraham. I don't know why he had them under bondage for 400 years, but there's a reason for it. I'm guessing it was so that when they come out, they'll be completely relying on God. They don't know how to govern themselves. They don't know how to do nothing. But for God, that's, I'm speculating at that point. Somebody once told me that they just didn't believe that Moses said a sinner's prayer and said, Lord, Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Because they said, because he didn't know who Jesus was. Well, no. But also a prayer doesn't save you. Prayer doesn't get you into heaven. That's, that, that's a... a, 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 a or disingenuous, disingenuous um, confusing thing that gets put in the mainstream church language. It's not just, and I hate, I thank God for, 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 for Sunday school teachers and whatnot that, that give people, that, that tell them about heaven, tell them about hell, tell them about Jesus Christ. If you want to get saved, amen, we'll get saved. But I'm, I don't get excited when the same kids are getting saved over and over again. And they don't even know what they're doing. They just say, oh, I want to go to heaven. And then, and then things aren't explained clearly to them. This is, this is going to be, I'm going to get emails for this. But <clears throat> I will not lead a kid to Christ if, he, if I don't think he understands what a sinner is. I haven't led my children to Christ when they told me they wanted to get saved. Because they couldn't tell me what a sinner was. I probably got four emails coming in right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it, and that's fine. How many, but, 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 but also, I deal with people that don't know if they're saved 30 years later because they're like, oh, I said the prayer, though, so it should be good, right? A prayer doesn't save you. What does save you? Putting your trust in the Son of God for being the propitiation for our sins. You don't have to say, dear Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. You do have to make a conscious decision to say, at least in your heart, I, I know with the mouth confession is made in salvation, I, I, I get all that. But at very least in your heart, tell, have a conversation, Lord, I trust you. I trust that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I want to repent from all the wrong that I've done. I want to put my trust in you. I want to go to heaven, Lord. I, I love you. I want to give my life to you. That's salvation and mean it. That, that's salvation. Did Moses do that? I believe with all my heart that that verse is perfect proof that he decided, esteemed the reproach of Christ. He didn't say the God of Abraham. He said Christ. Moses put his trust in the coming Christ just like everyone else since Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. You say, well, Pastor, why are you talking about the salvation of mankind again? Because it was never about the law, it was always about faith. The hall of faith, chapter, Hebrews chapter 6. By faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Moses, by faith. There's liberty in faith, there's liberty in Christ. 
And Paul's saying, don't put yourself under the bondage of the Levitical law or under the bondage of the law of flesh. That's what the book of Galatians is all about. Jesus himself said, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Moses was free. He put his trust in Christ. He didn't know that his name would be Yeshua. He had no clue. All he knew was the Christ was coming, the Messiah is coming. I'm trusting in him for all my sins. Amen. Hebrews 10, 4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. To me, that ends it right there. Okay, sacrifice don't give you salvation, period. Done. Paul said, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he said, Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Our Bible is not just quantity. That's quality. And the more that we understand it, you can take one verse, and man, you could dwell on it. You can soak on it. God can give you so much on it, and it would be so encouraging. It's all about not being under bondage anymore. Talked about it in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? It's all about being under grace. Under grace. Paul's stressing it so much. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word and the power of it. I need you. I need you every moment of every day, Lord.